0: Hello and welcome to Straight From The Off, a podcast based around the amateur football scene of our fantastic city of Liverpool. I'm Michael Watson and each episode we'll bring to you a local footballer, past or present, who'll share their stories of glory and despair with us on Straight From The Off. So for 2022, the podcast has teamed up with LaDusso, who are an active wear clothing brand. They give our listeners 15% off. At checkout, if you type in SFTO15 on the website, um, check out the GF, it's great, and you get fifteen percent easy just for being a, a listener to the show. Thanks to the lads there for helping us out. Right, so I've been stood up accidentally, so uh, the guest who was due to come in can't get in last minute, and I'm here. So I may as well. Uh, a lot of people have been asking, why don't you do an episode and you tell us your footy story? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bore you with me footy story, but I've got a pen and a piece of paper here, and I'll write down. Because people always ask me as well about my opinion on building a perfect amateur footballer. So that's what we'll do. We'll make a little mini episode out of this. So we've got some content going out this week, not to disappoint. And as I say, look, life gets in the way sometimes. And unfortunately, our guests couldn't get in last minute. So to keep the content going, we'll do this. Right. So with regards to myself, I was all right. I was half decent. Played for some good teams, played for some really good teams. So what I'm gonna try and do is do it up based on lads that I played with and against, mainly with, and try and get out there with this uh, perfect amateur footballer from my eyes. So I always start with left foot, so I'll do that again today. So left foot, so when you look at left pegs, there's there's you know, I always think they, they strike the ball slightly different to right footed players and, and I don't know what it is. I don't know I don't know whether it's centre of gravity or whatever, but they just seems to hit it's so clean and, like, unbelievable. Obviously, you've got Leighton McGiven who's, like, a bit of a cheat code on FIFA or something, the way the way he strikes the ball and finds them bottom corners and top corners and free kicks are, like, penalties. And then, obviously, you see Mooney's whipping free kicks in from the byline. Unbelievable. Um, when I was a kid, John Lawless, so he plays a year up. Uh, John, he's, he's actually a year younger than me, believe it or not. But, uh, <laughs> Sorry, John. He was um he had a great left foot on him. He played a year up. He played for Blessed Sach for Alan Edgerton, who later they, they ended up becoming the jobs. They, they had a great team there. Franny Jeffers was there. They had a, they were a great side. Lawless's left foot was unbelievable. There was another lad who played fullback for St. Phillies, which was Grego's team. They had Chrissy Jones, Leon Osman, some great some uh, great players, but he was Paddy Nedicott. So you might know Liam Nethercott, who's played up front for like likes of the Oyster, the Lobster o- over the years. Well, his older brother, who's my age, Paddy Nethercott, was a great left fullback at the time. Then when you look at him now, he's sort of like a modern fullback full of attacking and all that. Love, love getting on the ball, whipping in, strong, fast, good player. Chrisy uh, Chrissy Shepherd, he was good for the Warby, left foot. Kaz Cole, good for the Warby in the job, left peg, Brinesque. I had Tom Talbot when uh, he was a youngster. At Brinesca, I was managing him. He had a great left foot on him. When I was younger, I played with a fella called Ray Jones, Razor Jones, for the Warby. He had an outstanding left foot, all types of different finishes. But his actual finishing was the best part of his left foot. When he when he was through on goal, you knew that he was going to slot find the corners. Um, he found. He scored some great long range goals, chips, good penalties. Was terrible in the air for Asage, but he was uh, his left foot was more than made up for that. So he, he was definitely up there. James German so played with James as a kid. We played for Moss Lane together, played against him and with him basically all my life at some point. James was one of them who, who penalties, free kicks, not a problem, passes, dribbling. He he's he's in there for skill as well, James. He was unbelievable dribbler. slalom and in and out similar to Lawless as a kid. He was with Everton as a youngster. He scored countless free kicks and um, penalties and crosses. Brilliant. He had a great left peg on him. Uh, Lee Trundle. I mean, you can't talk about left pegs, skill or touch or anything like that without mentioning Lee Trundle. Trundle's left peg was ridiculous. Volleys, chips, penalties, free kicks, powered strikes. I mean, he's got everything to his game on that left foot as as we've seen over the years on... uh, Soccer AM and throughout the football league and stuff, what a at runs was. Colin Flood, obviously from the Brit, uh, also played for the Seymour and, and around the non-league stuff, Colin uh, had a great whip on him. But I'm split between two people, so those who might know them, so Alan Jarvis, who uh, he's with the Remy Vets now, he played alongside me for the Warby, uh, St. Phillies, he's played for plenty of teams over, over the years. His collection of goals from his left foot is like, off the scale, unbelievable. Those who normal know how, how good of a footballer he was. Not just um, scoring goals, but passing and like zinging it in crosses, dead balls. He, he was unbelievable. Javo scored score from like like halfway lines, tight angles, free kicks, volleys, every type of every type of goal. But I think there's someone who just pips him, and that's Franny Harrison. I've spoke about him uh, a lot before. Franny's like he was the most frustrating footballer on the planet like, the most frustrating football on the planet. But when you just isolate his left foot and what he can do with his left foot, it was like, if you remember that, Mihailovic for Inter or Rakoba or for Inter, it was like, wow, I can't believe he's just done that. And he scored a couple of goals. He, he scored an attrack against the Wessie in the National Cup once, and it was, it was unbelievable. He, he chipped a goalie from, like, the edge of the six-yard box on an angle with a lovely ding because he had all different types of um, strikes in his locker, mainly just long-range worldies. That attack was unbelievable, but he scored a goal in the National Cup against um, Pablo Derby Arms for the Warby, and I think it was a long ball out or edit cleared clearance out from our, our defence, so he's got back to goal in the centre, round about the centre circle. He's took it on his chest, flicked it over his own head, and... The defender or the midfielders, I yeah, do, got tight to him. And he just spun round and caught it on the volley and hit it, like, outside to win. And it just dipped. It it was like, I couldn't believe it. But I'd seen him do that since he was about 15. Fran played with him uh, when we were kids. He was with the mainliners with, like, Brunzi and all them and then come to us because he we weren't getting the game. The most ability in the left foot I've ever seen. He was frightening, frightening, frightening. Um, I see him at the foot, you know. His lad, his lad plays against our max and he's got a great strike on him. He's not uh, he's not left footed though, like Fran, which which makes it look that little bit better. But Franny's left foot was like literally off the scale. So I'm giving it to um Franny Addison, Just pips. my good mate Javo, he was also unbelievable. Um next one's right foot. Um Steely, captain for the Warby had a great right foot, great strike, great player. There was a fella called Stevie Hall who played for St. Phillies when I was a kid. I'd just come on the scene from like for Zach Lee's area. He could hit a footy in him. He couldn't half whack it, spray it, score long ranges. In that same team was John Manley, a lad from just off Lamford. John had a great strike. He, he um uh, he was big and strong, but he couldn't half hit the ball. Him, him and Mick Shaw played together. Both of them couldn't half whack the ball. He were unbelievable. Uh, Jared Smith from the APH... He had a great right foot, free kicks, it, it, great technique on striking a ball. Graham Rooney had a great right foot, great engine up and down the right, especially for East Villa and the Oyster, whether he was full back or right wing, and his deliveries were fantastic. We've had Thomas Rooney, has been on the podcast, Layton's been on, saying how, how good his deliveries were. Um, my pal Dave Jones had a spell with East Villa and played right back behind him and just said he was an absolute dream to play behind. The work rate. And then the quality he had when he actually got the ball the deliveries. Obviously, it runs in the family. They're all they're all great footballers. Chris Yagol, my arm, mate, the goalie. But when he played out, obviously, great in goal, out of his hands and all that and off the floor. But when he played out full-back, like, we had a little relationship. We hardly played that many games together. But I sort of knew if I'd peel off the back post, he'd get the whip round. To the far post and just used to set me up for headers all the time. He had a, a, a boss uh, understanding and he couldn't half deliver. But the best right foot I've seen was a fella called Davy Robbo from Verzachley. I've spoken about him on this pod before uh, in the in the earlier episodes. He played for Liverpool with Fowler, Don Matteo, and all that. He was in the resis and um, whilst playing for Liverpool, he'd like rock up and play for the Holy Name or Sherwoods or or whatever, he was a case, a proper case, but I remember watching him as a kid, he'd done the, she- the sheedy, free kick, smacked the free kick in, got disallowed for whatever, ref said, take it again, and his mate, who's also his cousin, young Peter Savage, said to me, Michael, where do you want it? And I said, I said the other top corner, so Dave just smacked it, the other top corner, it was like, technique was unbelievable, he was light years ahead of everyone at that level, He should he shouldn't have been playing at that level, he was just uh, mucking about. It probably cost him a career in professional footy because his attitude was, was probably all wrong. But he was some player, some player. And uh, when John Coleman was on, obviously the, uh, the gaffer at Aki, I think he had him He had him up at Ashton Town or he was even playing for Aki. And he said, "Davey, Dave, he scored too. And when John jumped on his back, he said, gaffer, get me off, I'm goosed. That, that was the type of... Uh, person and like enigma he was but he, he could hit a ball with his right foot like no one I've ever seen. Uh, the next one we always do is touch. Mick McLean had a great touch. Those who know Michael he was uh, he played for Oldham as a youngster. He played for the Warby in the double winning season. Great touch. Looked after the ball. Brilliant. Pulled it out the sky. Uh, Neil Grego episode one guest. He had a great touch especially you know as a kid he, he was like Really, really up there is like unbelievable. Um, Steely A again, great touch. Thomas Perry, great touch. Sounds a bit of a cliche, but great touch for a big man. He, he was great with his feet. Thomas, um, midfielder, attacker, centre half player, anywhere on the pitch, he was brilliant. Dixie, Derek Elliott, Dixie had a great touch, lovely touch of bar, Obviously, he's been on the podcast, had his own episodes. Fantastic football, applied to by injuries, we know that, but his, his touch was, was brilliant. Definitely up there. Barry McMillan as well, who were played with, he was a, a bit older than us, he played for Brunesk, the Hargreaves, the Ori's, over the years, he had a little goal, abroad in Holland, I think as well, Barry, he was top notch, I think he played for Bullford as well, he had a great, great touch on him, Barry could play, b- basically anywhere on the pitch, that's how, that's how good he was, he he was definitely up there, for the uh, touch, players I played against, Joey Jib Jr, had a great touch, very intelligent footballer, I think touch, and intelligence, sort of goes together and it's it's where you play, it's where you move the ball with your touch, you know, anyone can tie it in when it comes to you and like back in, but the, I, I like it when they fire it into you and the touch is away from your body, away from the person so that they can't, you're in between the ball and they can't get in. He was brilliant at that. Uh, Joey Jib Jr., Paul Brown unbelievable touch, fantastic, watched them grow up from like a 13-year-old kid to a professional at Sramia, went to watch him in the FA Cup, for Barrow, away at butter, having little tussles with uh, Stewie Downing or whoever it was down that side. And he was great, Paulie Brown. Everyone spoke about him on the pod, he was unbelievable. But I'm giving the touch to Peter Gannon. So those who've played against the job over the years or East Villa will know Peter Gannon. Uh, playing in the 10 or centre mid or even wide, wherever he played, Peter's touch was impeccable throughout. He was a brilliant player. Always had loads of respect for Peter. Fantastic player. I, I just wish we could have played more together when we were uh, when we were youngsters. When I signed for the job, he'd just gone to I think he'd left and gone to Bulford for the for the season or so. And then by the time he come back, had done me knee in. We didn't get to play with each other that much, but um, there was a mutual respect there, definitely. But Peter's Peter's touch was was brilliant, off the scale. Skill. John Lawless again. Great dribbler, Slaleman in and out, Michael Young, Youngie for the view, Bootle. teams like that, Youngie, impressive, dribbling for uh, for Formby, seen him on the pit do some ridiculous things, ridiculous, he, he was like, he could embarrass you, Youngie, with, with skill, one of them people who'd like stand you up and then just sit you down, uh, is mate Tomo, Tomo was a great great uh, striker with loads of skill, Davey Tomo. Good on, off either foot, could go either way. He was top-notch Lammy. Thomas Lammy, who's obviously been on the show, he had loads of ability. I likened him to um bear off that type of skill. There was a lad called Liam Georgian who uh, Tobo spoke about. He played, I used to play against him for, I don't know why he played for APH, because he was from like Scotty or Voxy or Kirkdale or something, I think. But he played for the APH against us for St. Phillies. He had loads of ability on the ball and all that. He scored, I think he scored a win in the semi-final for the Brit in the National Cup. Ginner, Ginner who played for his filler, was a brilliant little dribbler. Dead hard, low sense of gravity, worked hard as well. He, he was a cracking little player when it comes to skill. Obviously Trundle, Trundle's probably one of the most skillful pros I've seen. And when you when you bring him back into playing into the amateur game, he's absolutely off the scale. Quayley from APH back in the day when I first started with St. Phillies. APH were a really good side. Quayley was good. He, he used to score little little dinks and little chips. He had loads of skill. Great player. He had loads of skill, but the most skillful player I've probably ever played against was Leon Osman for St. Phillies. So he was in that team with Grego, Chrissie Go, Chrissy Jones, Paddy Neddacott, they had a great side, but I remember Osman in a cup final um against CCA, College Crosby, which was like I think it was Jamie A. and that he scored like this goal dribbling and then chipped the key out. Oh, it was it was ridiculous. And I always stand, stand by that. Um if it wasn't for like bad leg breaks and stuff like that, Leon Osman would have been like had a really, really top, top talent for England. I think that those early leg breaks and bad injuries sort of slowed him down big time, but he, he was like top notch. Another thing that, that I like speaking about when we talk about skill and stuff and such, I like defenders who can play footy. Jamie Chandler obviously springs to mind. Lee Burton who played for us for years was great, great on the ball. Tommy Bowden, both footed. Centre half who could bring the ball out, liked like to play. Mark Dunn, who, uh, he played for the job for years and he was a fantastic centre half, but football and centre half or left back, great left foot on him. He was fantastic. Dave Jones, another football and uh, defender, left back, right back, centre half, whatever you want to put them. I-, I class that that's without them being, you know, doing rainbow flicks and step overs. That's a type of skill in itself to to be brave enough to to play footy from the back. And obviously that's the way the kids are taught now. Um, there's been some fantastic. Um, Football and defenders from the city, Dames, lead Dames, unbelievable. Eh? You no, know, talking about football, he, he could he could play, you know. I think he he, he once said like playing in his slippers. He he was top notch. Heading ability, so fortunately, and I've said this before, when when we'd had the Warby and St. Phillies, we had loads of monsters who were just brilliant in the air. Yeah, Neil Roberts, John Alpin, centre half people people will know, just brilliant in the air. Tommy Bowden. Steffi, go for the job, always reliable in the air. Um, Mick London, I played with Mick for several teams as a kid, growing up and a little bit as an adult. He was great in the air for, especially for a size, he was unbelievable. One performance in the air stu- stood out to me once. It was um, Nicherseer in the Canada, in the National Cup at, at Marine, At Misha Showers was unplayable in the air, and the Canada had some great lads in the air themselves, but he was unbelievable. Played with a lad called Jamie Gormley for the Orries and the Argreaves when I was a youngster. He had a little go with like some marine and all that in the non-league. He was great in the air, good, good partner. Dean Oxy was good centre-half for the Burnesque for years. He played for the Argreaves also. Big Dean, he was always dominating in the air. Good footballer. Tony Rendell in the air, he was fantastic. I think he uh, he partnered up with, with my mate Tom Perry for a year or two with the Oyster centre-halves. Fantastic in the air, them too. I mean, you can't see them losing, but losing many headers at both ends of the pitch from set pieces, attacking and defending. So they must have been a right handful for strikers to, to try and oppose in the air. But I'd say, and base it on if I had to put my life on someone winning an header for me. I'd, I, I can't split it between two. It'd be Thomas Perry or Peter Walsh. So Peter Walsh was obviously... It seemed like he was coming to the end of his career since I was 17, but he was still going, he just kept going, and kept going, and kept going, his timing, and the little, the tiny little nudge in the back, to get himself the space to win the header, was just unbelievable, and he'd score big goals, when you needed him to score goals, he'd get you a goal, but defending, unbelievable, timing, great, and Thomas Perry was just an animal, in the air, he often wouldn't mark on corners, when you told him to, but, Nine times out of ten, he was he'd probably win the edit at the, at the front post to clear it. So when you wanted to shout at him and argue with him, he'd just shrug his shoulders and say, I told you. So, you know, frustrating, but unbelievable. The leap, the desire that matched it, to, like, it was an absolute animal. When I had uh, when I had Bruce on Andy Green the other week, them two going at it in the air, uh, away on Little Heath for Bernesque was like a spectacle. They were just booming each other, but Thomas was like, Thomas was unbelievable in the air. Uh, Paul Tosney as well. He, he was with the Warby. He was great in the early Burton. So, but I'm, I can't split Thomas Perry and Peter Walsh. So, they'll have to uh, battle it out between themselves, take a footy over the field or something. Um, speed. So, when I was a kid in our school, there exactly, was a lad called Alan Jones who went to play for the school boys. He was rapido. He was, I think he was, he must have been the quickest kid in the city. It was ridiculous what he was hitting 100 metres at. He was unbelievable. Um, we had a like call Paul Wise Weishow. He was electric, fast. In adult foot, he's probably one of the quickest I've seen. Gareth Williams, who, who everyone mentions for the Dock and, and the Seymour, was lightning. My good mate Reggie Kine, lightning. Absolutely lightning when he got going down the wing, whether it be left or right or every now and again up front. Sully, who's been on the podcast, he was very, very quick when he got going, especially in a stride. He was a, he was a nightmare to try and pick up once he got going. Chris Daniels, Seymour, the doc, he's still going now. I think near, near touching forty, absolute lightning. Uh, Danny Kearney, St. Phillies in the Warby, he was quick. He was definitely quick when he got going. And um, one of my half-strike partners up in the nest, Dave Whitney, Dave the PT, he was lightning when he when he got going. Lee Dixon. Was lightning when he got going. I think I'm gonna go with the fastest though I've ever seen. Was Chrissy Jones at St. Philly's and me and Grego spoke about him in, in uh, Grego's episode of like what could have been. He's probably he's probably the best kid footy player, child footballer I've, I've ever seen. He was unbelievable, but he was so fast, and I know the way. I don't know, was it Zidane who said something about Reyes? It looked like he was uh, zipping around on a moped or something. That's, that's what Chrissy Jones was like. He was like so fast, it was unbelievable. He, he was gone before you even had a, had a chance to uh, think about it and reset. So, yeah, Chrissy Jones, I'm on to Fittest. Played with some lads who were in great nick. So, um, Croho, he played for Bruneski, played for The View. Uh, knows United as a kid, had to spell it, so Liam Croxton, always in great nick, fantastic engine on him, uh, couldn't sprint like, but, he, but he, he could run, for however long he wanted, he was like, looked like some sort of marine, or something, he was brilliant, my arm mate Gallagher, who's still playing now, he's always been in great nick, fit as a butcher's dog, he was great, Chrissy's still going now, for the Remy Vets, um, Peter Walsh, who we spoke about before, he played till he was, Near, near 50 odd so you know whilst he was fairly small and didn't look like like an athlete he must have been in great nick to just keep going Saturday and Sunday all those years he was unbelievable Cav a lad who played for Melon Vicks from Kirby he was in great nick he, he had some engine on him we good got Paul Todd Toddy played against him and with him for years and he's got an engine that you know you just dream of absolute machine play another one who can play anywhere besides up front, even though we'd like to tell you he can play up front, he could knit a car's ass with a banjo, but he could, uh, he could run all day long, and what a player to have in your team. Every, everybody, I always say, it, everybody needs a Paul Todd in the team, he's unbelievable. You know, I don't want to like pigeonhole him as like just a Kante or a Makaleli, because he used to drive forward a bit more than that type of player, and playing centre-half He's just like a rash Obviously, National Cup winner with the camp. He won all kinds with the job. I first come up against him playing for Brekside when I've spoken about it on the pod before when Fusachley and Brexard played each other and ended up in a big fight on, on the Joe Stone. But he was a great player, Toddy. Obviously, still going now with various vet teams and all that. But he, yeah, fantastic. Great engine on him. I've also mentioned this before about Elliot Gage, who played for the Seymour and the Dock. He, he had some engine on him. Like a, a physical presence without being like huge, he just had you know, he had them physical attributes to, to get him through games. He was like, he was a monster basically. at sank he, he's he's definitely up there in the fittest stakes, um, but probably the best for a little spell. Um, Lee Dixon, so who he helps out with the ball, used to manage the ball with Lawless for the spell with the Warby when he was, like, training. It was, like, professional fighter or whatever, so he was training at the same time. There was a spell when he was, like, unplayable through fitness and strength and speed and... and you know what I mean? Technically, he was good as well. He was, like, two-footed, good, good goal scorer, but the absolute handful that he used to give people off his, like, physical attributes in his prime was frightening. You had people, like, bouncing off him. It was scary. So I'm going to go with... Lee Dixon or Neil Robbo, I can't I can't split them. Neil Robbo always oh, been in great nick, so I don't know. I can't split them, 2 I'll leave it to them. Um, leadership, Peter Walsh again. He keeps popping up. Peter, but he was a big part of me uh, football and upbringing. Brilliant leader, always calm, always knew when to uh, slightly raise his voice if he needed to as a captain and as a manager. Richie Williams, who was our manager at the Warby when we won the Junior Cup. Great manager, great. Great man, manager, motivator. My dad was good. He was he was quiet. Just needed to say what he had to say, but he was ruthless at the same time. If he thought if he thought you were shite, you were gone. The, the next game. Um, Tommy Prendergast. I speak about him quite a lot. So he was my manager at the only name when I was about twelve, and he was to me he was just unbelievable. Tommy, like I loved the bones of him. Sadly, passed away. Now oh God rest him. But he was unbelievable. He like, he'd shout at people and he'd say th- things to you, but you couldn't help but love him. He used to say to me, "All I used to do, do this thing when I was a kid. Where if someone hit it up the line, I'd let it run through my legs, spin and chase it and get on the end because I was, I was quick." And he'd say to me, "What, turn Who do you think you are, Linford friggin' Christy?" And I just used to laugh to yourself and like the things he used to say. But the the fun memories i have got of Tommy. He was he was a brilliant leader. Bob Shaw, who was a manager, I had. He was another great uh, man manager, and looking back, I probably needed a bit of man management me. It was like, I don't know, I could I could do daft things in a game, but he he was he was good for me. Teddy Duffy was was a good leader for the Brunesque. He, he basically held the club up for years, and he got players in and stuff like that. He he was good. He was good. Um, man manager, good for the club. Done everything uh, as much as he could for the club. Kept the club going, and obviously. Bernesque, one of the, the longest uh, running amateur football clubs in the city, been going for over hundred years, and said he's probably been been there for a good 20, 20 to thirty of those years. So he's, uh, you know, when you talk about leadership, keeping a club afloat, not not single handedly like, but keeping a, a a club afloat is is as hard as anything to do, and that's what it's testament to the fella that he is. So he's definitely in there for leadership but actual captains and people that play, but Sean Morley, who a uh, job legend, played for the job basically all his life, small, about five foot seven, unbelievable, he could moan, but he was moaning because he set the standard, and if you weren't hitting that standard, then, you know, he wanted more area, he was always constantly on your case, praising you if you've done things good, on people's case if they weren't reaching their own ability, so, Going to go for Sean Morley in leadership. Attitude, tough one. Alan Williams, who was our chairman at the Warby in St. Phillies, his attitude towards footy. You know, if it weren't for people like Alan, then the, the, the clubs don't run. He was brilliant. He, uh, he looked after us. He raised the money for us. He made sure we had everything. He sorted all the fixtures. He sorted the pitch fees. He was brilliant. His attitude towards footy. Was ninety percent of our footy. He was unbelievable. Um, he good mate Dave Jones still going now for the the remy vets. His attitude towards footy is unbelievable. Play anywhere you ask him to, not a problem. Left back, right back, centre half, even a little old midfield role. Yeah, he's outstanding. His attitude towards footy and and it, it's rub, it's rubbed off on his lad, His little lad Alfie, who's another uh, great little player with a with a brilliant attitude, and you can see like the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. So. He gets that one, Dave Jones. Um, Another shout-out to Attitude, uh, Brandon Groves. So, he misses his cousin. He runs the Brunesque now in the Liverpool Prem. Only a young lad, really, to be a manager. His attitude towards footy is brilliant. He loves you. He's got all the lads there, all pulling in the same direction as him. So, great uh, little shout-out to Brandon there. Great little uh, attitude towards footy. Dirtiest, Lee Burton. Was dirty. Neil Roberts, he had a little streak in him. Uh, Joe Cormel, if anyone knows him, Mad Joe. Dougie, my mate, who was the assistant at Brenesh called him the flying tin opener. He was that bad sometimes, Joe. I tackled it between him and John Alpin, which was a fair tackle, actually, and Joe ended up breaking his leg like, quite badly. Just two committed lads, full-blooded. went, went Both went for the ball. We just probably knew each other's reputation for being tough in the tackle, and both had to go full-blooded. And uh, Joe came out worse off And then he was like picking his leg up And flopping it round He's like wow Insane But the dirtiest probably was John Elton So people who played against um, For Zach He played for the Warby for a bit Uh, He played for East Villa for years John Elton But He was dirty He'd slow down on purpose to nail you Um, His dirtiness actually cost us a National Cup place where we brought him on against Pablo Darby arms to shore things up and he got sent off. First tackle got sent off um, and we end up losing on pens but yeah, he, he was he had a nasty streak in him, John. Definitely. Yeah, so he gets that. Strength. Thomas Rooney. Perfect foil for, for any other striker that that he played with and obviously he's had an episode and so was Leighton who, who was, you know, a famous partnership and he spoke about how important it was that Tom could hold the ball up and, and sort of link the play and he, he was fantastic at it and, and obviously a great goal scorer himself in his own right great footballer he was strong you know couldn't get around him but Jamie Chandler when he was on he spoke about Carl Fairlong so similar really with Thomas you know, really big fella strong knew how to use the body perfectly for the style of footy that they played but great goal scorers themselves yeah, brilliant in the air eh yeah. Jed on the Lobster, he was strong as anything. going to have all three players hanging off his back. Him, he was, uh, he was an absolute unit and another another great footballer. Keepers, so probably the keeper I played with the most over the years was Gavin Campwell. So I played with him when I was a kid for the Moss Lane. He went to the Archie's. Good keeper, Gaff. good steady keeper. He's, he's he's definitely the best I've seen on penalties. brilliant on on uh, penalty shootouts. The amount of times he's uh, he's won penalty shootouts for us was brilliant. He was top-notch. Chris Higo, when we were kids, so he was the keeper for the job we spoke about before in St. Philly's when he was a kid. Uh, Della Selle had spells at Liverpool when he was a schoolboy and that. He, he was a great keeper to go and then decided he didn't want to be a keeper anymore and, and play out and he was a good player out as well. His, repl- his replacement in goal was Dave Moran. So uh, we had Paul Moran on a couple of... Uh, a good few episodes ago now. Paul, Paul Dave's Paul's son, uh, Ronnie Moran's grandson, top notch keeper, great distribution, great reflexes. He, he was top notch. We had a keeper at the Warby when we won the double called Parco. Dave Parkinson, he was steady, steady Eddie, brilliant, big, strong, commanding, fantastic goalie. He, he's probably one of the best I've, I've played with or against, but the best I played with was a lad called Colin Flood from Rice Lane. I spoke about this before when we were playing for Stanton Dale. So I I must have only been 16, 17, playing for Stanton Dale in the counties then, and he was the goalie. I think he's only a couple of years older than me, Colin. So he might have only been about nineteen. And some of the displays, Stanton Dale at the time were going through a rough patch. So they were quite poor, but Colin was unbelievable. And it, then when he saved three penalties, saved three pens in one game. I think it was against Fleetwood, and we and we lost about eight or nine nil. And he was unbelievable, honest to God. Like, the reflexes and and the saves. I've never seen anything like it since. That was like, he was outstanding. So he's probably the best keeper. The funniest madmen and the lunatics and the, just the, the dopes who played with over the years, played with some crackers. Uh, Kaz Cole had me in stitches, like, time after time. Some of the, the stuff he'd come out with. Absolutely la- hilarious, but... I think the funniest person I've probably been involved around in footy was Terry Roberts, the ref. He was so funny, so sharp. The story when he that Dave Jones told on his episode where he was uh, he said to Steve when it's about taking a goal kick, he said when the other team aren't looking, just take just take the goal kick out your hands and and I'll turn a blind eye just messing. And he kept doing it. And then he told him to do it again, and then when he done it the next time he turned around and seen it on purpose and booked them. <laughs> that type of stuff. And how sharp he was! If you give him a bit of stick in the game, he'd say like, "You you want to concentrate on your touch, not just your uh, not your mouth." He was that type of uh, type of player. I remember, he said to Javo once, go, "Go with you, Javo." Javo was sub for something, and he went Javo, as if to say like, "Warm up." And he went, "Go to Chippy for me." That that type of. Uh, he was just outstanding, sorry, and a, a great loss to an amateur footy, basically, because what a fella he was. Um, done all them, haven't I? Yeah, so the artist away. So I've I've mentioned this, people who listen to the pod will, will know. I can't remember winning a, a game on the Georgies, uh, King George V tonight, regardless of who was playing. So it was the alleys, if it was playing for Bootle, and we played the alleys, or if I was playing for the Warby and we played the Paddock uh, I've spoke about this before the Paddock beat us in the Premier Cup semi-final they were outstanding that pitch I also went there for Brunesque Vets against the Old Bank so it was like Sully and them um, Spock and that they beat us in the title decided there uh, I missed a pen as well and well I scored a pen and missed a pen in the same game that was a bit of a nightmare but I can't remember winning on there so Pure I'm gonna to have to say there, purely for that. Because I must have I must have played seven, eight, nine, ten games on there or something over the years, and I can't remember winning one. So that must be one. Obviously, people mentioned Speak and how horrible Speak was. Um and Andy Green spoke about it last week with they, they call it the cage. It it wasn't nice going there, like it, it weren't the best, but you know, you just had to go and try and get a result there. And I don't remember losing many on there, to be honest. Used to get draws, very rarely won. Often because the cars crazy, but um, yeah, this I can't. It wasn't nice going there. Um, best goal. So the best goal I spoke about it before. Probably Franny Addison's was unbelievable against Pablo Darbians, but he he must have scored Fran over the course of a couple of years, about twenty of them, twenty different like absolute wildies. Him and Javo score screamers left, right, and centre. The best goal I scored was probably against the Grammar in the Junior Cup semi final, and it was it involved uh, Javo himself again. So he got the ball left back position. I'd like spun out from up front, wide right, and he just hit a big diagonal ball right across the pitch to the sort of byline. And as it's come across him, uh, bounced, I've just caught it on the half volley and sent it back across the opposite way. Just uh, flew top in that was a uh, that's probably one of my best goals assisted by him as, as usual franny javo oh, scored unbelievable goals that leon osman I spoke about before in the cup final on mini wembley that was unbelievable um, i've seen lee mcgiven score some screamers the Al shots you know put him on his right foot and then he just leans with his leans with his right shoulder comes back on comes back on his left foot and then just bangs it in like unbelievable Gary McLynchy scored a few worldies for Brunesk back in the day. He had a good uh, he had a, a great strike on him, to be honest. And I apparently he scored one. I just missed it. It turned up a bit late. He scored an absolute worldie on Wally Park in the uh, this World Corporate Cup that we go in. It's like a, a business thing each year. And Dave Jones said to me after the game, it's probably the best goal he's seen in, in the flesh. So I missed it. So I can't I can't include it, Gary, but I'll, uh, I'll give you the shout out just for I respect other people's opinions so that can go out there but yeah it's got to be Franny Harrison um, you could probably pick 15, 20 of them that were just absolutely unbelievable off the scale strike. so Franny's getting the best strike um, so coming to pick a partner so I've got to pick a partner so if I'm throwing myself in there I need someone with a bit of work rate right? definitely after the injuries I've had anyway somebody who can run so I can't pick a Warby player. So the partners I've had over the years, I had Mick Shaw, he was brilliant for St. Phillies. I had Big Smig from the Remy for the Warby. He was unplayable on his day. Unplayable on his day. He was like well, it was like Shearer, but a bigger version on his day. He was unbelievable Smig. Um great partner to have. Javo. Jarvo's got to be up there with a shout. Um if it was pure if it was a pure decision on you know, a, p- a little partnership to have a bit of everything. Dave Jones would be in there is like, his sort of 5 a brain and stuff like that. It's unbelievable. But I'm not going to pick a Warby or a Brinesh player. I'm going to go for Sean Morley. So those who know Sean, he was obviously the skipper of the job for, for years. Little small red-haired fella in the middle of the park or up front. And he was brilliant. What a player. Uh, he could dribble, run with the ball, pass, tackle, Ed, you know everyone from that sort of era who, who we played against the uh, the bargain, you know the Turley lads, the uh, possibly the Campy if he, if he was if they were well the same lads all crossed over. Nicholasia, you know they'll all know about Sean and how good he was. The Vazach lads, he was absolutely unbelievable. Sean and he and he sort of flew under the radar on he a bit because we haven't had many on from that that sort of team. Although I've asked them like yeah it's, I'm going with Sean Morley as my partner because I, I can't split any of the Warby lads so I'm going with Sean what like fantastic what a player so I hope this has filled a little uh, a little brief spot for everyone while we've got no episode this week rather than having not and go out I'd uh, i just throw this in for for everyone to listen to so I'll catch you next week thanks very much ta that.